Welcome to the Better Brave Podcast, where you get to hear unique stories from guests like you who choose to live bravely outside of their comfort zones. I'm Candace Dudley, your host, former teacher turned online business mentor and podcaster. This podcast is for you if you're committed to living life on purpose, no more following the rules of society. Go hit the follow button if you haven't yet and tune in every Tuesday for a new episode. We are back for another Andrea, Brittany, Candace three-person episode because you guys loved our first one so much. Shout out to Tara. She wrote in and had some questions for us. So we're going to try to answer those to the best of our ability today. And the first one is she was wondering, what do we even do for our jobs? And I think the context around that is that so many people might want to work from home, might want to leave their jobs and start a virtual job. They don't know even what the possibilities are. Brittany, do you want to start with this one? So I do a number of things to bring in income. And previously, In the last episode, I mentioned that how I decide what I'm going to do to bring in income has to do with the feeling that it gives me. It needs to be an alignment of something. It needs to bring me joy along the way. I mentioned last time that I do virtual assisting, and that looks different for different clients. One, I solely work on their marketing behind the scenes, like with brochures and any marketing material they need to do, social media content. Another one, I am working on their admin stuff. So I'm working on the files that come in. It's a real estate firm. And so I'm working with all the agents of that team and I am doing their listings and their closing transactions and just freeing up their time so that they can be out working their business. I do real estate photography or any of these positions. I've either gone to the person and said, hey, I think I can help you. I think we can work together. Or they've been a referral from someone and said that they think we'd be a good fit. I These aren't things I've marketed. So it's always coming that way. I do do real estate as well and HR consulting. I work with an HR consulting firm so many hours a month right now. And that is my other stream of income. Okay. Maybe let's stay on this topic because I think people might be wondering about the virtual assisting things. I think first off, just know that if you have other skills, maybe from a previous nine to five, being a teacher, I know that if you're a teacher, you have other skills, but when you're in it, you just don't think you do have any other skills. You don't think you are made to do anything but teach. Even if you wish you could, you just don't see the skills in front of you. But for you, Brittany, you were in HR. And so you had these skills from your nine to five job where you could do the I don't know if I'm going to use the right words, the book, the behind the scenes things for people that you know, as well as any of us, that if someone's running a business, they can't do everything at once. So when you think about what you could do as a virtual assistant, I think one thing is just think about the skills you have, the things that are easy to you, because those things are not going to be easy to everyone. And then go find the people that they're not easy for, and you can help change their life by taking that off their plate. You mentioned you reached out to people to say, hey, I think I could help you with this. Do you have any more tips for someone that's like, oh, thinking of skills in their head that they could do? What would you tell them? Honestly, I can't remember where the whole virtual assisting came into. I don't know where it first came up, but once I heard of it, I started researching it. Virtual assisting is like the sky is your limit. Whatever skill you have, chances are that is your service that you can sell. For me, I also have a background in network marketing. So that's where my marketing skills have come from. You learn a lot in network marketing. (laughs) And the other thing is, is to something I have, I can put pretty graphics together and head to Google, head to Google and see what options or what, I mean, just to get your ideas flowing and do a brain dump. When you watch a video on what virtual assisting, when you hear all the different options out there, 
think how you could start with them. The very first thing I did was the virtual assisting for the real estate office. The other thing that I then started offering was branding boards, was to help small businesses just kind of discover their brand. So those are the two stepping stones that I first took, just because those are skills I already had. My streams of income right now involve my Willow and Run store that I created, so crystal bracelets and different things like that. I am in a number of locations, about a dozen stores, and I also have them on a website of my own. So that one is really fun. My other income streams are my one-to-one coaching. Right now, you can book a week or a month with me. We do it uh, voice memoing throughout that time period. So that one's really, really fun because I can be your sounding board troubleshooter and just help you throughout your real-time work when you hit hurdles and whatnot. So it's like on-demand basically. Then I have some digital products, journal that I made that's on Amazon and a burnout to balance. It's 21 days worth of meditations and journal starters that I specifically wrote and recorded and created. So that's something that people can download. And then I do still make income from my network marketing days that I was heavily involved in for about three years, just a little over. Uh, So I'm not actively building that team, but I do still reap the benefits from the years that I was. As a teacher, that's what I'm doing all day long. I'm teaching, I'm coaching my students. I come from a sports world where I coached sports and I played sports and then transitioned into network marketing where I'm coaching other women. I'm teaching them skills. So for me, I took my teaching, the things I love about it, and turn it into a different job where I can take all the pieces I loved and create this new job where it doesn't have anything of the pieces that I disliked or maybe that weren't aligned. So you can take what you love and shift it in a a different way. I just want to also reiterate that network marketing is probably the easiest way to dip your toe in the water with virtual work because they are all run from your phone. You can literally probably pick any product that you love. Like if you want to get into the shampoo world or skincare or working out, there is already a business model set up and ready for you to make income and not have to hold inventory, not have to be customer service. It is the best gateway entrepreneur drug on the planet. It is such an easy entry to virtual work. Other things that you could think about doing, do you love to clean? You could create a cleaning business where you could clean people's homes or you could clean retail stores. Power washing. Do you love watching those satisfying videos on YouTube of people pressure watching. Have you seen the rug washing videos? Oh my gosh. Just type it into YouTube and welcome to the rabbit hole of watching. Do you love organizing? You could have a home organization business. Do you love being on the computer and you could easily do the grunt work of bookkeeping for a business? Graphic design, like Brittany was talking about, she has a natural talent for that. So think of things that come easy to you that other people don't like to do or don't know how to do. And piggybacking off of that, if you are a teacher listening to this, use your teaching skills to teach someone how to do something that is easy for you. You could create an online course. You could do one-on-one calls. You could be a tutor. There are so many ways to use your skills outside of your nine to five. If you're a teacher, you can also get on Teachers Pay Teachers. There's endless things there. You could teach other teachers how to utilize that as well. Just think about the things that come easy to you. I know when we all started in our network marketing business, we keep bringing that up, but that really was our gateway drug into this. I remember thinking, you know, I don't know what to share anymore. And I've already taught everybody everything. Everybody knows everything because I knew stuff. And so I assumed everybody knew that. 
No, they don't. And it's as simple as a water goal was one of the things that popped into my head when we think of it. That was really important to us in our wellness thing was to hit our water goal. And it's half your body weight in ounces of water. And come to find out, not everybody knew that. So when things are just stupid easy for you, think about those because truly not everyone knows those things. Also, what are people constantly coming to you for about a knowledge you have? You know, is somebody always coming to you because they're like, oh my gosh, you're so great at this. Can you show me that? That is your thing and run with it. She also asked, how do you get started? She wants to know the steps and the process. And I think sadly, (laughs) we can't really give you the exact thing. Everyone is different. Everybody's path is different. This is an inside job. There is no cookie cutter step by step because everyone is different. Everyone's passions and joys are different. So if I had to pick steps, I would say get some quiet time, figure out what things in your life light you up, all the things that we've been talking about. Pick a direction and then you need to take baby steps in that direction and see what it feels like in your body. That may sound woo-woo to you, but I promise you, go in a direction and see how it feels. Does it feel a lot more painful than you imagined? Like you thought it would feel fun and it really does not. Probably not a good direction to go. So try something else. It's a lot of trial and error. Don't dump your whole life savings into an idea before you test it out and just try it on a smaller scale. Get a group that supports the bananas out of you. It is a long journey. It's a hard journey sometimes. And you need those people around you that are going to fan your flame when you can't quite fan it. Keep that circle, your close circle that you share the ideas with, because you need to protect those early ideas. They are not for everyone. Though the three of us can speak to that, where you go and tell someone and you're so excited and you're like, I have this new idea. This is it. And then you're met with crickets or you're met with a scrunched up nose face looking at you and you're like, you don't think it's a great idea? I'm so excited about this. This is my next thing. You need to reserve those ideas for that special small group of people and you know who they are. And if you don't have that built in, this is also a great time to hire a coach because they're not going to look at you like you're crazy. They're not going to look at you like you have two heads coming out of your neck. You just need to protect that baby idea. There will be times later for there to be hole poking and constructive criticism and things like that. But in that very early stage, it's so easy to be met with one bit of doubt from someone else. It's usually a reflection of them, not you. It's usually a reflection of their adults. I know Brittany always tells us that. It's them, not you. You're not going to be in a space where you're confident enough to handle that doubt that's being put back to you. So just really guard that area. Okay, this happened this morning. Brittany sent us a podcast to listen to. I listened to it on my way here before we were going to get together. And she was talking about this gap before the abundance. And I think that that fits perfectly with this episode. She was saying was, you have to make room in your life for the next thing. We talked about on the last episode, sometimes you don't get to know what that next thing is, but you have to make room for it. Otherwise, it's not going to come. If your life is full and it's jam-packed and you're busy, 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 there's not space to find out what that next thing is. So this episode that she was talking about was make sure you leave room for that gap and don't fear that gap because my experience, and I'll let these guys share theirs, last year was my first year out of the classroom. All of a sudden, I have that gap. I'm not at work every day and I have this time. And my, my youngest was home with me most of the time, but three days a week, she was at preschool for three hours. So all of a sudden, I have nine hours. And when I didn't have any of that before, that gap was scary. I had been dreaming of this gap and wanting this. It was scary. And I look back now and I see how I filled it. And I frantically filled it with flipping furniture. I packed as much furniture flipping as I could in that year. It was 
I don't even know. I'm probably upwards of 50 plus pieces of furniture. And it's pretty astounding to even think that I did that. But I was afraid of that gap. So guess what happened? The next thing that I was supposed to do, the new door, there wasn't a gap. There wasn't room for it to reveal itself. I had to check in and shift and realize, I think I'm burning myself out by doing this. I just turned my life of choosing to not hustle so hard in this other area and created a new one. So I just felt that that message was really powerful about that gap. Have you guys experienced anything with that? I am currently heading into that gap. I think some of the things that I'm currently doing are a little bit out of alignment. So I need to sit with that and focus on who I want to be and what stays in my life to continue this path. Because I put in my notice and I kid you not, there was not one ounce of freedom. In fact, my husband joked, he's like, oh, you left your job to work more, which as an entrepreneur, you just have a unique schedule, but turn back into like a burnout feeling like I can't handle all of these things. And so I'm in the stage of working through what is staying and what will be going. And I just want to say that these gaps happen for me every couple of years. And I don't think it's just a gap when you leave. I think it's ever evolving. If you're on a path of growth like the three of us are, we really never want to stay in the same spot for very long, not because we're always chasing the shiny objects, but because we don't want to settle into the status quo or mediocre life. We're always wanting to learn new things and evolve and grow. So these gaps are necessary. They're always uncomfortable, but there's a reason for that. They are meant to stretch you and to get you to think outside the box that you've been living in. So just go into it knowing that because if you don't, they can kind of smack you upside the head and knock you on your butt. So expect the discomfort of not knowing. Let's talk about hangups that people can have and maybe some of the first initial roadblocks and hurdles that we hit. Because when you get into it, it's really exciting when you finally put your notice in and you finally are taking this big leap and you're ready and you're going to do it. And then Brittany mentioned earlier, like it can be isolating. It can be lonely to be kind of on this island now and making all of your own decisions. You're not at a job where people are saying you need to get this done, this done, and that done. You're there completely the decision maker. What roadblocks or hurdles have you faced that maybe people should look out for or just know that it's normal to have? One of the biggest hurdles is that self-leadership. Well, me coming from the classroom, living on a bell-to-bell system, being told exactly what to do at what time of day, and now feeling very willy-nilly and kind of excited about all this newfound freedom I have, realizing that I don't have a skill set currently in managing my own time. So that was a very big hurdle for me to tackle in the beginning and one that I think I'll probably battle for the rest of my life, but I have grown a lot in my to-do lists and goal lists and checking them off. That's how I personally keep myself on track. But I also make sure to have time in there to follow joy. For instance, scheduling days where I get to hang out with my best friends and record podcasts like this. This is a joy-filled day where I don't look at my to-do list. Time management and that self-leadership is definitely a muscle that a lot of people who leave their nine to five have to work on. One roadblock for me was all of a sudden this paycheck is gone that you're used to having this X amount of dollars come every two weeks. And when you're not in a nine to five, that's just not there. And we can go down a rabbit hole of saying, you know, nine to fives, how safe and secure are they really? There are pieces to it that's not safe and secure and nothing's guaranteed ever. Even tomorrow's not guaranteed, but we won't go down that whole rabbit hole. But I just remember feeling that 
if I wasn't doing things to make money, I'm kind of doing air quotes, like make money each day, then it's a day wasted. Like I can't waste any days. And I had to sort of shift that mindset, realize one, I needed room for rest. I needed room for that because otherwise that creativity would never come. And you're just racking your brain and you're just doing these things, spinning your wheels because you think the more you do, the more results or the more success or the more money and income you'll make. But in the reality of it, it's not. I fully believe that that, that's not the case. That's not how you're going to create abundance. And that's not why you leave a nine to five anyway. You're leaving for freedom, time freedom. I felt like my family life, my kids were growing up too fast. Time was fleeting. I wanted to be at home so I could take care of errands and do little things and, and have the laundry done or whatnot so that when the kids got home, I could be present instead of reeling from my nine to five and my head spinning and still not even decompressed from my own day and trying to jump right into motherhood. That wasn't sitting well with me because I know that the one thing I knew I wanted was kids my whole life and here they are and I have them and I'm not enjoying them. And so that was a big, big check for me. But to go back to that money piece, not everything you're going to do every day is going to be or feel productive. And some days there's nothing to do but rest and recharge and let those new ideas come into place so that you can know what's next. My biggest hurdle after leaving my nine to five was heading right back into burnout. I'm kind of in that period where I'm I'm really diving into what's going to stay and what's going to go. And the thing that I noticed is when I worked from a nine to five, I knew when I was going to eat lunch. I knew when I was going to do X, Y, and Z. And like then you go and you're in charge of everything your day looks like. And you just get so busy doing that you forget to take care of yourself. And I I wish I was kidding, but it's very true. And this happens to a lot. And so right now I'm in the season and I literally keep visualizing like I have to put my own oxygen mask on. I'm not going to sustain this if I continue on this path. This isn't why I'm here. I left my nine to five for my health. That right now is looking at shorter work days, making more time for myself, making sure I'm eating balanced healthy meals getting water in it's like these things seem so easy but they just so easily go by the wayside go around and wrap up with a tip or something that maybe just is on your heart it's not pertaining to what we've been talking about that you would just give someone listening because based on the messages that i got after our last episode there's a lot of people in this limbo where they are now feeling unaligned with their life maybe with their careers and they are ready and have ideas on their heart that have been sitting there or they've taken a little bit of action, but they're stuck. And so what would you go around and just say is your best advice for them? I would say find your people. Maybe you have some currently in your life that you can share these very vulnerable thoughts about possibly shifting careers with. Maybe you have that, but maybe you need to seek it out. And maybe you need to get in rooms of people that are going to look at you with excitement when you tell them instead of fear and try to keep you small and what they think is safe. You get one freaking life. I say this all the time and you could get schmucked by a bus next week. So take steps towards something that is going to fill your life with purpose and passion and Find the people that are also going to fan that flame of belief in you. I have an event coming up at the end of December, and I would love for you to be there. I'm gathering speakers and women in the room that are literally exactly what I explained. So if you are needing community, seek out opportunities to put yourself in rooms like that. Well, I got to attend her event last year, and you will never, ever regret putting yourself in a room with people. And I remember going... And it was for entrepreneurs. And I remember admitting to Andrea after the fact, 
I still don't necessarily think of myself as an entrepreneur. And I think she was shocked. She's laughing right now. She's like, I, this is bogus bananas. Why would you say this? But there is this shift in identity when you strip away what you had been previously doing. For me, it was teaching. For you, it might be nursing. Whatever it is, you're shedding that essentially. And to step into that new identity can be difficult. It can feel weird. But until you do and until you embrace that, until you confidently say, I'm an entrepreneur or I'm this or I'm that, as confident as you used to say, I'm a teacher, that's what I do. Those doors and the magic that can happen for you in your life is just going to be dimmed compared to when you really step into that new identity. You know it's there. You might not know exactly how to act yet. You might not know exactly what entrepreneurs do or whatever it is you're stepping into, but just step into it. You're ready. You wouldn't have this idea. You wouldn't feel this. You wouldn't still be listening to this, what, 20 minutes in now, if you didn't have this on your heart. So it's time to just take that step into that new person and start acting like her. So that would be my advice is start acting like her. Do things that you think she would do. Even if it doesn't feel like that's who you are yet, start to do things that she would do because you know what those things are. Here's my piece of advice if you want to start something. Whatever your nudge or whatever you have a feeling to start, what can you do that is super small to get you started in that direction? Maybe you want to be a virtual assistant or a graphic designer or something like that. What can you do? Who can you contact? What is the smallest thing that you can do to get started on that? This is when I suggest that you do it. Right now, when you are feeling called to leave, this is when you start to build up your momentum on what you're going to do next. Head out and ask, is there somebody that comes to mind that you can help with whatever service that you already know you have? The other thing is just because you do it once or twice or whatever, if it doesn't feel in alignment, you drop it and move on. There's no guilt. There's no pressure. Like Just because you do something once, it doesn't mean that's what you have to stay with. And then the other thing is that I have these two beautiful ladies right here who are amazing coaches that wherever you are, if you're feeling stuck and you need accountability to get out of a certain area, Candace is your girl. If you're already to a point where you're building your business, but you're not really sure what direction to take it, Andrea is your girl. All right. I hope that gives you things to chew on. Hopefully you can take some action. That might be our challenge for you. Take that baby toe dipping in the water action and see what feels right to you after listening to this podcast. Thank you to Andrea and Brittany for being here and to you guys, the listeners, because our last episode was the most commented and most DMs that I've ever gotten to date on a podcast episode from you guys. So don't be shy. It was our favorite week to just get those messages and see how much it resonated with you. And that's why we created this episode. So know that we're listening. I'm listening. And I take your messages seriously. And I love when you send them in because it can definitely give some guidance to the show. And so we might shout you out or I might shout you out next week. Okay. Let's circle back. Andrea has an incredible event happening in Red Wing, Minnesota in December. And I'm going to link those details and the sign up link for you in the show notes. But you're going to want to act fast if you're listening to this live because that event is only going to be open for, I think there's a two-week window and it's going to be closed down. She sold out last time quick and spots are being filled right now. So if you want to be with all three of us and even more amazing people, you're going to want to click that link and sign up. Okay. Thanks again. Thanks for listening. Go to your challenge. Have a better brave day. Hey, thanks for being here. I love being able to highlight entrepreneurial journeys because no two are the same. To grab my free sales page planner or to book a discovery call with me, head to the show notes. Finally, please leave a quick review so I can continue this work. See you next week.